The reading is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 10, and verse 38, and it's on page 1042 in the Pew Bibles, and will be on the screen. And it's a short story set in the home of Martha and Mary. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's uh, great to be with you. If you don't know, my name's Chris. I'm the curate, assistant minister here at St. John's. Um, just, just been here a week. Seems like a month, but in a good way. In a good way. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, if you weren't here last week, um, you won't know that Eddie gave me a present called a book called Ten Second Sermons. I think I've already gone over that, so I better get started. Really, uh, let me pray as we start. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you promised to speak to us through your word, the Bible. Lord, we pray, give us hearts and minds to really hear what you have to say to us today and help us to respond to you in a way that honours you for our good and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, so we're on a a one-week break from Ephesians in Luke's Gospel, the story of Martha and Mary. Now, for some of us, I imagine uh, you might not be very familiar with this story. Uh, perhaps this is the first time you've even been into a church building or been with Christians. Might not, be, might not be familiar with this story at all. But I imagine for many of us, we might be very familiar with this story. Maybe we've been a Christian for 20, 50, 80 years. We might have heard many sermons on this story. But that's okay, isn't it? Because as Christians, we know that whenever we read God's word... He shows us something wonderful. So, and we've already heard so many ways in which this passage really matters. Really matters in everyday life. So, much to look forward to. We're going to look at this encounter in three short blocks. I think they're on the inside of your service sheet. Um, So, there are two disciples, many things to do, and one thing needed. So, we'll go through those each in turn. First, two disciples. 
Let me read again verses 38 to 39. Do look down with me. Do keep your Bibles open and read with me. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. So Jesus and his other disciples, they're on foot, they're travelling, they come to a village, they come to a house, they knock on the door, and it opens, and they're welcomed in. Brilliant, brilliant start. Uh, There are two sisters there, Martha, she's the elder sister, Mary, she's the younger one. And the word disciple means at least a follower of Jesus. And Mary and Martha both seemed to be disciples of Jesus. Martha, well, she's opened her door to Jesus. That's a good thing. Seems that she wants to follow him in some way. And not everyone would do that. Not everyone would open their home to Jesus, but Martha does. Then in verse 39, the writer Luke says that Mary sat. That's what Mary did. She sat. She sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. What we see here is that being a disciple of Jesus is first and foremost about welcoming him into your life and listening to him. In the first century at this time, the phrase sitting and listening at someone's feet, that phrase was a very common description of what it looked like to be a disciple of a Jewish religious leader, teacher. So kind of sitting, listening, learning. Notice also that in verse 39 that Jesus is called the Lord. And that's very significant. He's the Lord. Here, clearly, Jesus is speaking. They're listening. Jesus is speaking with authority. He's Lord. So while he's, he's very gracious to the women, it's also very clear who's in charge. It's very clear. That's Jesus. Mary's sitting at his feet. And what he says has authority to it. And they're listening. And that's very different to how society in general, of course, thinks about Jesus. Jesus has authority over me? Are you kidding me? I mean, maybe at best he's a kind of a famous religious teacher from 2,000 years ago, but he's no authority over me. That's a very common view today, isn't it? But Jesus here is the Lord. He has authority. Therefore, Listening to Jesus here has to be more than, more than just listening. It's more than just listening. The sense of the verb listening is that it's a kind of continuous thing. It's not just a one-time thing, it's a continuous thing. And also, it's an, it's an active listening. It's active. In Luke's Gospel, the phrase sitting and listening seems to show, often. it's used very often, it seems to show that the person doing it has a has a deep sense of trust in Jesus. It's it's an active listening. So being a disciple of Jesus is about welcoming him as Lord, listening to him continuously, actively. That's what we see here. So that's the first short section. Two disciples. Two disciples, Martha and Mary. Secondly, on to verse 40. Many things to do. Many things to do. I'll read from verse 40. Do follow along. But Martha was distracted 
by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So Martha wants to get on with many preparations, we're told. Because Jesus, he he didn't phone ahead, that would have been nice, but he didn't phone ahead, so the the house is a bit of a tip, maybe. Uh, Nothing's been prepared, there's no meal ready. So she wants to make preparations, it's perfectly understandable. So Martha, very keen to serve Jesus. And again, that's what you'd expect from a disciple of Jesus, of course. Jesus is Lord. It would be normal to want to serve him, to honour him and welcome him, of course. So Martha thinks, well, right, I get a, I'll better get the bedding out for later and I'll tidy the room, give it a sweep, um, I'll start making a meal. I'll get some flour, I'll get some, make some dough, bread um, in, in the fire, brilliant. Look, suddenly, there's quite a lot to do. There's a lot to do. And Martha was very keen to serve Jesus as her Lord. In all sorts of ways, yeah, you'd expect that from a disciple, of course. And if you've followed Jesus for any length of time, you would know to expect to serve him. Of course, that's normal. But one of the very normal things of the Christian life. All sorts of ways that we can do that. We can do it in church as part of the church life here. Um, We do it within the church building, do it outside the church building, linked with church. And in fact, there are so many ways of doing it in, in every area of life. In fact, any area of life can be a way of serving Jesus. If it honors God, then it's a way of serving Jesus. So there are a lot of ways in which you can serve Jesus. And, and that's partly through the responsibilities that we have, the duties that we have to look after people as we live our lives. So we have many things to do, don't we? I think, I imagine in your head you're thinking, yes, I've got many things to do. I can give you a whole long list of many things. Of course, we have responsibilities, duties, ways to serve Jesus. Many things, many things. In my first week here at St. John's, it's been brilliant just seeing so many different ways in which people have been serving Jesus. Brilliant, all sorts of different things, you know, different uh, groups, different outreach, different jobs, all sorts of things going on. Brilliant to see, brilliant. Martha is keen to serve Jesus, her Lord. She's really keen to do that. So what's the problem here? Well, the problem is that the preparations distracted her. Did you see that? They, in verse 40, the word distracted. Her many things to do has distracted her from listening to Jesus. In fact, Martha doesn't just get distracted. She gets annoyed. She gets, really, she gets annoyed by her sister first, did you see? She gets really annoyed with her. Why, why is she just sitting there not helping me? I do so much for her. Why is she not helping me? I'm the uh, youngest in my family. Um, well, I was when I was growing up. There's another generation now. Um, but I was the youngest, and I had an older brother and sister. Uh, was I an annoying brother? Yeah, I think I probably was, Yeah. Uh, at the end of most evening meals, I would have a well-timed toilet break just when the washing up was starting. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I did do that a lot. Apparently, it was quite annoying. Yes, I can understand that. Martha gets annoyed by her sister. Why is she not helping me? 
But then she even gets cross with Jesus. She takes it out on him. You see that? She's had enough. So she comes up to Jesus. Maybe she even interrupts him. That's bold. And look what she says. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Do you see what's happening? Lord, don't, don't you care? I think you're great, Lord, but seriously, I've been, you know, you can see me, right? I've been doing all sorts of different things, preparations, running around. I've been uh, getting all the ingredients for making the bread. I've been sweeping. I've been banging the cupboards quite loudly. I've been slamming the pans quite loudly. Did you hear, you see me? Could you just not let Mary just help me for a little bit and carry on chatting afterwards? Tell her to help me, Lord. Martha, she'd, she'd been listening at the start, probably. But then she's distracted. Then she was annoyed by her sister. And now she's cross at Jesus. And she doesn't think he cares. It's remarkable, isn't it? She's gone from listening to Jesus, welcoming him at the start, to being cross at him very quickly, it seems. And when you're you're cross at someone, you're not listening, are you? Yeah, that's right. But you're cross at someone, you are not listening to what they're saying. Do you see that Martha's life has suddenly become totally disordered? Totally disordered. She's now thinking, first and foremost, not of Jesus. He's down the order. She's thinking, first and foremost, of herself. The things to do, all the things to do, her needs. Lord, don't you care? Do you see that? Her life's totally disordered at this point. Uh, The other week, Karis and I were uh, preparing to have a a bit of a kind of farewell tea in our garden at home, uh, where we have been living up in North London, uh, just to say goodbye to our friends and family and church family up there. And there was quite a lot to do, suddenly. We hadn't prepared very well in advance. Um, So it was a Saturday afternoon, it was very hot, and there was just uh, so much to organise, work to put where, and then I realised I wanted to put everything in the shed, but the shed was was already full of junk that I should have cleared in the last five years or so. So suddenly I've got even more to do, and I was just, and we've had builders in, and there's been a lot on my mind, and I've been became too much and there was no one to help me. Karis was understandably doing another job and I was there on my own and there's no one to help me and it made me think in my heart, I did say, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? You could have seen this coming up. You could have alerted me to this, couldn't you? Don't you care? I noticed that in my heart. Suddenly at that moment, life was just totally disordered. I wasn't thinking about Jesus, I was thinking about all the stuff I needed to do. I was thinking about myself, really. Suddenly, totally disordered. I imagine I'm not the only one who's had that kind of experience. I'm sure you felt like that at different times. Suddenly, everything's in the wrong, wrong order. So, we've had two disciples, we've had many things to do in which life gets very disordered. Then thirdly, thirdly, one thing needed. 
One thing needed. I'll read again from verse 40. Do you follow along with me? But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus' response to Martha is really beautiful. Don't you think? He, he's gentle. Martha, Martha. He, he's gracious to her, even though she's been a cross at him. He's gentle. And yet he's also very piercing as well, isn't he? He's piercing. He says, he's, he's right into Martha's heart. I see you're worried, you're upset. I see that. I realize that. He's gentle, but he's piercing. And what's even more amazing is that Jesus says, only one thing is needed, Martha. Only one thing. You imagine Martha thinking, what on earth do you mean, Jesus? There were many things that need doing. I told you, all the making bread. And there were many things to do. Are you on another planet? Jesus says, Martha, only one thing. Only one thing is needed. You see what Mary is doing? That's the one thing. She's here. She's sitting at my feet. She's listening to what I'm saying. That's the one thing. The preparations you've been doing, Martha, they're they're good, they're normal, they're helpful. Thank you, thank you very much. But what Mary is doing is better. You've forgotten that, Martha. That's what Jesus is saying. In in your your running around, you've, you've lost your focus, you've lost your perspective, you've got things in the wrong order, you've forgotten what's most important. Mary has chosen what is better. What's, what's going on here? What does he mean, one thing? Well, what Jesus is doing is, he is he's opening up Martha's heart again to what is most important. To get the one thing that is most important. That comes first in order. Let me explain that. Um, earlier in the chapter it's just over the page actually but no need to look at it now but from verse 22 of the same chapter we hear Jesus say something else really interesting he said all things have been committed to me by my father no one knows who the father is except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him So when Jesus is on earth, what's he doing? He's revealing something. When people are listening to him, he's revealing. Jesus came to earth for this purpose, to reveal God the Father. That's what his purpose was. Jesus, who who calls himself God the Son, chooses to reveal to us God the Father. 
And when he's speaking, that's what he's doing. And that is astonishing. If we listen to Jesus, he shows us who God is. God the Father. And that's something that we could never, ever know on our own. Of course we can. That is not just really important. That is, there can be no more important thing than that in life at all. That is the one thing. To know God as he really is. Not as we imagine him to be, but as he really is. God the Father. For anyone here today who would, who would not say that they trust in Jesus themselves, do, do you see what Jesus offers here? There could be no more important thing than this. No more important thing. Wonderfully, Jesus also made a way for us to, to come to know God the Father. That was part of his purpose in coming to earth too. To, to make a way for us to come to him, to have a real relationship with him. And he did that by dying in our place, executed on the cross. And he's on the way to Jerusalem to do that when he drops in on Mary and Martha. That's where he's going. He's going to Jerusalem. Jesus reveals the most important thing, the one thing. God is Father and we can know him through Jesus. Wonderful. And the other element to that is that this is so important that it totally transforms how we view our daily life. Of course it does. It's that important. For example, in the very next episode in Luke's Gospel, Jesus goes on to reveal the Lord's Prayer. And in that, he tells us what is most important for daily living. He says it's, it's about glorifying God the Father. It's about doing God's will, not our will. It's about seeking his kingdom, not our kingdom, not our success. That's the most important thing you need to know for daily life. That's what Jesus says. Martha needs Jesus to open her heart again and again to what's most important. And so do we. And when Jesus does that for us, what he does is he, he reorders all of life. He reorders things. Reordering in the sense of yep, getting things in the right order. What goes first? What doesn't go first? What's the right order? Jesus says we each need him to reorder our priorities every day. Think back to that kind of, uh, kind of a list of things to do that you might have in your head. The many things, the many things. I'm sure it doesn't take long to think of those things. But most of those things can be great ways to serve Jesus. But for all of those, there, is, there are at least two risks. Risk one is distraction. Distraction. That all those things can be, even though they're good, they can be a distraction from listening to Jesus at all. You know, we're so involved in all those things, or one thing in particular, that we, that we take our eyes off him very quickly. We're distracted. We forget what's most important. We forget the whole point of serving him, which is to glorify God. And not glorify ourselves. 
That's risk one, distraction. Risk two is that all those things can be, well, they can become a burden, in fact. They can become a burden. Even a burden that makes us resent Jesus. And of course, if you're, if you're distracted from listening to Jesus, then we're more likely to feel burdened by those things, aren't we? Because if we're not talking to Jesus, telling him what's difficult, we're not hearing his words of comfort and love, we're not letting him lift our eyes to God himself, his glory, his will, his kingdom, then we're more likely to feel burdened by those things that we have to do. I wonder if today, this morning, you're feeling distracted from Jesus even burdened, so that you're, you're not quite listening to him. Maybe even resenting him. It's worth asking ourselves that question, isn't it? Jesus says, Jesus says, come to me. Choose the one thing you need. Listen to me. Listen to me. And the, the wonderful thing is that If we listen to Jesus, if we keep listening to him day by day, the wonderful thing is that the many things that we have to do, it's not that we just have to throw them away, it's not that, it's not that. The many things that we have to do, our responsibilities, our duties, our ways to serve Jesus and love the people around us, that, well, they don't have to be a distraction or a burden. They don't have to be. They can, in fact, become a devotion to God they can become a devotion to Jesus what do I mean by that but it means we do it kind of knowing that God kind of loves it when we do things for his sake and when we know that then we do something out of devotion to him and not, not for ourselves we make it about him not about us it's not about us that's the mistake Martha made Jesus opens up Martha's heart to what is most important. And because it's so important, Jesus is also really protective. Did you see that in the passage? He's really protective. In verse 42, did you see it? He says this, he says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He says, Martha, Mary's listening to me. Don't take that away from her. Don't. Leave her alone. In fact, come and join us, Martha. Jesus is really protective. And in fact, there's at least a hint here that Jesus is saying, I'll protect this most important thing, not just now, but I'll protect it for Mary forever. I'll protect it forever. It will never, ever be taken away from her. Even when sorrow comes, she can still listen to me. Even when death comes, I'm promising that she'll be with me in heaven, where she can listen to me for all eternity. With God the Father, God the Son. Martha, do you realize how important that is? That's what he's saying. Do we realize? So what is Jesus saying to us today? Jesus says, listening to me reorders life. Listening to me reorders life. He says, 
Listen to my words as the one thing you need above all else because it reorders all of life. He says, spend time with me in prayer, reading the Bible, so that you can do the things that we need to do, not as a distraction or burden, but out of devotion to me. Out of devotion. He says, choose first and foremost the one thing, the one thing you need above all. I didn't let Martha take it away from Mary. And if you're trusting in me, I won't let anyone take it away from you for all eternity. So Jesus' word to us today is, choose the one thing needed. Listen to me. Choose the one thing. That's what he says. For me, this past week, a really good example of this has been being here And in the mornings here, we have an open time, 9 to 9.30 in the morning, of uh, coming together to read the Bible, reflect together, and pray. As I say, open to anyone in the church family. It's brilliant. Brilliant. And it's been such a helpful reminder for me of how listening to Jesus sets our priorities for the rest of the day. We have many things to do the rest of the day, but now we know, oh, that's right. That came first. Therefore, everything else... Ah, oh, that's, that's devotion to God. Not as a distraction, as a, as a devotion. It's been really helpful for me to see that. Brilliant, brilliant. I do suspect that many of us perhaps are thinking, though, Jesus, it all sounds nice, but you don't realise how busy I am. I mean, really, seriously. I have no time. I can't do this. Perhaps that's going in your head. Of course, Jesus understands that. Jesus understands. That's exactly why he's given us this story. This is why this encounter happened in the first place for us, with many things to do. He says somehow we do need to choose what's most important. We need to choose. It's a choice, he says. And I think this is quite liberating. Uh, in the sense that we can feel that our diaries control us. You ever have that feeling? Our diary is in control. I'm not in control of my diary is. Jesus reminds us we can make choices. We can choose. I know we do choose to eat every day, don't we? We're very busy, but we do choose to eat because we know that we need to. We, we make that choice. It's worth thinking perhaps of the, the sheer number of things that we have in our lives. Or maybe thinking about the pattern of our day and what, what goes in the diary first. Might be worth having that kind of conversation. Because Jesus is urging us all at least to find some way of listening to him frequently, regularly. Find some way. All sorts of times we can do this. It could be you know, before getting the kids up if we have kids or over breakfast, on the commute, over lunch. Whenever's good for you. There's freedom there. There's choice. And all sorts of ways we can do it as well. You know, if we can read and pray the Bible on our own. We can do it uh, with other people. We can read small bits of the Bible. We can read big bits of the Bible. We can memorize chunks of the Bible. We can read it silently or aloud. Lots of different ways of doing it. We can choose. There's choice. There's freedom. And Jesus says it is a choice. We can all do it. We can all do it. You might find it helpful to think through some of the different aspects 
of your life or the whole combination of the many things to do. And to think through that order, that priority, that listening to Jesus comes first. That's the one at the top. Everything else flows from that as an act of devotion. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus says, choose the one thing needed. Choose the one thing needed. Listen to me. Listen to me. Heavenly Father, what an amazing privilege that we can know you through your Son, Jesus. Thank you for his great love for us. Thank you for how he understands us. Thank you for how he reminds us of what is most important. We're sorry for the times when we forget him, been distracted, even resented him. Please, Lord, help us to be utterly convinced that there is nothing better than knowing you and glorifying you in every aspect of our lives. And please help us to choose to do that in our daily lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.